0: Everyone bow your heads for prayer. Lord, thank you for such a great night, Lord. Thank you for all the people who have come here tonight to listen to Dan preach to us. Um, please let the, what Dan comes and comes up to say to us, Lord, please let it resonate with everyone here. Please let this be a good night, Lord. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Thanks for that prayer, Riley. I, I hope we, we, we don't count a whole lot on what Dan preaches because Dan's just not that great. But God is great, so that's what we'll we'll hope in tonight. Amen. Amen. Um, we're in the book of Acts. That's right. Thank you. I needed to start somewhere. That's good. Uh, it was, and it was written by who? Who was Acts written by? Luke. Acts was written by Luke. The first book that Luke wrote was Luke. the Gospel of Luke. I mean, y'all are brilliant at this point. Um, and and <clears throat> his. He was one of the 12, oh, y'all, y'all got it now. Good job. He wasn't one of the 12 disciples. He, what was he as a profession? He was a what? A doctor. A do, a doctor. He, so in the, even the way that he writes, it's, it's very, very high. Now, we've only been in Acts just for two weeks. We had the youth camp video this past week, so we took a little break from Acts. We're jumping back into it. Um, the last message I spoke on two, two, two weeks ago was about a guy named who? You remember two weeks ago, the last time I spoke. He, who? Judas. Ju, Ju, Judas, right? The lost disciple. Now, now we we talked a lot about him and how, he, even though that he was with Jesus for three years, he he never saw him for for who he really was. He 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 missed it. He was there, and you asked yourself, how could he be there the whole time and miss it? But he did. But this occurs all the time, even nowadays in churches and whatnot. People come and God is right there and He's right in front of them and they totally miss Him. He's at work around them and they totally miss it. So, so we, we shouldn't be stunned. I talked about um, how, how 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 Judas killed himself uh, and and there's a slide that that I'm going to need you to put up. It's, it's it's the field of blood. This is the field that was bought with the money that. He used to betray Jesus. He was given money. They bought this field. This is actually what's believed to be the field of blood. It doesn't really fit what was in your mind, right? We think this nice field, maybe a cow on it, you know, no, not a, a sloping part of a mountainside. Uh, a lot of this field was used to bur- bury those that didn't have a a, a grave um, side set. Uh, they were poor and didn't have a place. And so there's, there's holes in the hills. There's rocks in the hills that they used to bury, but that's sort of the actual field field of blood uh, that they believe. Just they, I had it for for that night two weeks ago, and I just wanted to throw it out there so you can get an idea, a feel of the, of this whole thing. Um, you can go and sh- take that off. Uh, in, in Acts one eight, G- G- Jesus says this, and, it, and it, it leaps off to where we're going to be tonight. But he says this: He says, "But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be my witness." and Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Okay, so he tells us it's going to come, but he also says at this point, hey, but, but wait. Once he leaves, he says, but wait, don't go out. Wait for the Holy Spirit, this gift to come. So we're about to read uh, where the gift comes. Now we're going to talk about some background tonight. So the passage we're going to be in Just hang with me. Can you hang with me tonight? Yes? And I think there's a very important thing for us to get tonight. So we're going to read Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 13 together. So I'm going to ask you to stand up with me in honor of God's holy word. Acts chapter 2. If you don't have your your Bible, we should have it on the screen. Just to let you know, Pentecost means 50, 50, 50 days. When you hear Pentecost, it's Fifty days from when Jesus rose from the grave. That's where the day of Pentecost falls. That's how it has its name. So when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And, And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Verse 5, now there, was a, there, there were dwelling in Jeru- Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And after this sound the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own link, 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 language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pomphylia, Dear God, we thank you so much for your word, just a chance to talk about you um, and your power tonight is really what this night is about. And Lord, I just ask that you will help us to be introspective, to look at at where we are. Uh, And uh, Lord, help us see who you call us to be and the potential that we are in you. In in Jesus' name, amen. All right. Now. Last week or two weeks ago when I spoke, I I said a lot of times when we come here, this is going to be a lot like the TV show Lost, okay? We're going to to jump in the book of Acts, but all of a sudden we're going to fly back, we're going to flash back into the book of Luke or might be in the book of Mark, because a lot of that past has a lot to do with what's going on right here, right now. And when you read the Word of God, especially when you you read it on your own, when you see something, a lot of times there's a past to it. There's somewhere that you can catch on to and learn a lot more about what is going on right here, right now. If there was a title for tonight, it would be going from cold to bold. Okay, that's the title for tonight. And let me share with you how we're going to get there. Um, the dis- dis- disciples we see at the end of Luke, when G- Jesus has died, are not the same disciples that we see in Acts 2, in Acts 3, and Acts 4. They're completely different men. They, they, they go from ha- having a cold faith to a bold faith. And the question is, how did they get there? Because I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm like, Dan, why don't you have courage just to speak up or to make a stand? There's times when I, reg- I look back and I go, oh, why, why do I just sometimes just, just eat, hide? And I just don't make that leap going, man, my God's big enough to catch me wherever I, I jump, wherever he says to go. So that's sort of a lot of the point of where we're going to be here tonight. Now, when I was almost 17, I was invited to a church camp. A lot of you have heard the story. I didn't believe much in God. For some of you that are guests here, and if I, I never said this tonight, but we are glad that you're here tonight. Welcome to the edge. We're glad that you are all here. Um, when I was 17, almost 17, I went to a camp. Now, I thought before that, I believed in God, but I believed that God was a God who made the world and then spun it off to just do its own stuff. That God was not a God that cared, because how could a God care when I talked the way that I did? If you notice, this stuff's not wrong with your ears. It's my mouth. I'll admit it. I, I stutter. I've done it since I, I was five. And um, so that was my view of God. I went to this camp, and at this camp... Um, my life was changed on, on the on the, the fourth night of, of that camp. I, a message was shared about our, our sin and Jesus dying as a sacrifice for sin, and everything made sense. And if I didn't get up and talk to someone at that moment, I, I could tell you now, I would almost swear to you, I would have exploded right there on the spot. It was such a powerful moment for me. And in that, that moment, everything was transformed in my life. The path I was going, where I, I should be going because of my sin, because I chose sin to hell, that was totally changed forever in my life. Now, <clears throat> the people I know to be the boldest in their faith are usually those that have just put their faith in, G- in Jesus Christ, and they've just been changed because they remember where they came from, and they've just gotten to this place where they know they are free, and this burden, I remember that night, a burden that I'd held on top of me, I can't explain it, but that burden was gone, when I said, "Jesus, I put my faith and trust, and I give my life to you," that burden gone, and it's never come back. And I remember I was so pumped, and I am. Um, <clears throat> I went home. I came from from not much of a church home, more of a Catholic faith. Sometimes we would go, and when I, I went home, I met with my mom, uh, and I was excited. And I said, "Mom, you don't understand what." happened to me at camp. Jesus Christ changed my life. He forgave my sin, and, and uh, everything has changed. And my mom, and I love my mom, uh, she said to me, that's great, dear, but you know, it's probably just a phase. No intention, nothing wrong on my mom's part. She didn't know better. But I remember I walked away from that crushed, And this bold faith I had rushed into that room with came back just shattered and rocked because I'd come and and it just just rocked me. And it just to to fill you in on the story, I I attended this church. They allowed me to attend it, um, but not join or to be baptized or anything, but attend it. And when I got it up on my own for that next year and a half, my mom came to me one day and said, you know, um, I don't think this is a phase. Uh, if you want to join the church, and, and uh, I think something is going on in, in your life. So it pays to be faithful, can I tell you, even when you get rocked. But that still, it rocked me for years to come. This bold faith I'd I start out with that first few, few, few days was now just sort of hidden. And I want us to look back here, because in Acts we see that dis, disciples are about to get bold. They're about to get crazy bold in Acts 2, 3, 4, 5, it's just going to go on. Seven, they're going to give their life. Crazy stuff is going to occur. But in Mark, we read a different story. And I don't know if I—I I don't have the verse, do I? Do I? Mark chapter fourteen. Do I have that? Look here at Mark fourteen. Just read it on the screen. If you've got your Bible, you can turn there. But if not, it's okay. And this is—is what occurs. And we went over the story about two weeks ago when Judas came to betrayed Jesus. He brings the guard. Jesus is there. His disciples are with him. They've been praying in the garden. And in verse, really, if you go to verse 48, you know, he kisses them. He betrays him. They seize him. Someone gets a sword to cut off the ear of one of the guards. It's just a madhouse. Verse 48, and Jesus said to them, have you come out as against have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to capture me? Day after day I was with you in the temple teaching, and you did not seize me, but let the scriptures be fulfilled. And it says this in verse 50, and they all left him and fled. It's not talking about the guards there. It's talking about the disciples, his friends his, those who have been with him for three years have seen him bring the dead to life. We talked about this few, a few weeks back. They've seen amazing things occur. He fed a huge crowd with, with just bits of food. He fed them all. He healed the lame. He forgave sin. He changed life. They saw this. They even called him the Christ, the Son of God, and they fled. That if 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 I look at that, I go, well, that's 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 a cold faith, right? I think we've all been there. You go, well, that's sort of wrong to judge, but I think I've been in that same spot where I've been confronted with something, make a stand for God, stand up, and I fled. That's sort of me. the definition of a cold feast. In Mark 14, verses 66 through 72, I think, Peter, the boldest of the bold, denies Christ three times, claims he doesn't know him at all. Gets mad about it. and like, like swears. No way. I don't know. I don't know the man. They go, weren't you with him? No. I don't know that guy. I wasn't with that guy. Three times. He denies him. They're 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 hiding. They're scared. They're in the upper room, scared to death. Before he appears to him, they don't know what to do. They're freaked out. How many? How many in the church in the American church? Because I, I don't think it's like this all around the world. Because I. I've talked to people in the American church, um, spend more time hiding than they do living that faith. These guys were in bad shape. What, what changed? Now, real a recap here. One thing is, what defined the cold faith? One thing is this, they were terrified and unproductive. Okay, now don't miss that. You're allowed to be terrified. Do you understand that? It's scary to go out on a limb for your faith. It's scary to go around the world not knowing what you're going to expect and land and just live your life and give your life whatever that means. That is scary. You should be a little scared. If not, there's something a little bit wrong with you in the way that you think. But they were terrified and unproductive. They fled, they hid. How many times are we terrified and unproductive? We, 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 we hide and the second thing about them, and, and don't don't miss this point because we, we feel this, we, we all feel this a lot, um, don't forget they were fishermen by trade before they became disciples of Christ. As f- fishermen in that time, they were also rejected disciples. No rabbi wanted them. At the age that they were, they should have already been with a rabbi and were following uh, a, a... They were the riffraff, the the unimportant, the ones that couldn't make the cut, ordinary or less than ordinary, if that. And we see in John 21, after Jesus died and raised from the dead, we see all of a sudden that this group of guys, they go, what are we going to do? They're like, I don't know, let's go fishing. And they're not talking about going to fish for men, they're just going to go fishing because that's what they knew. And they were going to settle for, for what they knew. settle for ordinary. How many times do you even, among your peers, and I'm talking about as adults too, because peers doesn't just count youth, okay? We have peers. How how many times do peers affect us so much that we settle for ordinary? Because that's what they were doing. Until G- G- Jesus appeared to, to them again, and they, they saw him for who he was, they were going to settle for ordinary. and that, that's, that's what a cold faith is. And can I Tell you, you can live your life this way for the rest of your life and get by and tell yourself you're fine, but you will wake up one day at an old age with regret and despair. And the regret may not come on earth in this time, but it it may come when you're before the throne of God you just, you're the crown, what you have to give for him, how you lived and how you gave for him. There's nothing there. A cold faith. So the question is, one question tonight, how does a cold faith become a bold faith? Y'all are hanging with me, hang with me a little bit more. This is the very important part of the message. Step one, how do you? How did they and how do you have a bold faith? You have an encounter with the resurrected Jesus Christ. You will never have a bold faith unless you encounter the resurrected Jesus. Jesus Christ. Only when they made that first step, that's the, the foundation. If you do not know him, if you've not, you don't understand him, if you've not given your life to him and understand that, that you cannot get to God on your own because your sin keeps you away from God. If, and, and the only way to get to him, God made a way through the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ, because you and your rebellion and sin deserve hell. Jesus took that on the cross for those who put faith in Him, you, you, they encountered the resurrected Jesus. We've got to encounter the resurrected Jesus. Step two, and this is here in Acts, were back in Acts, Acts one and two. Now they were obedient. Look here in Acts ch- chapter one, verse four. It says this. I don't think we probably don't have it on the screen. That's all right. Uh, and while staying with them, He, G- Jesus, ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the of the Father, okay? So we find that he, he says, before he, he, he goes up into the air, he says, hey, I'm going to send you a helper, but wait here for it. And from what we can tell, he rose on the 40th day, the Pentecost occurred on the 50th day. They wait for 10 days. They hunker down and wait, because that's what they told him to do. They were obedient. You're not going to have a bold faith unless you're obedient to what God calls you to do, who God calls you to be. Now, how does this look? Because I've heard this phrase from youth and college students so many times, so many times. I've heard this phrase, I just want God to use me in big ways to change the world. I think if you're a believer in Jesus, everybody sort of has that want to, right? Yes? Are you with me? A little bit? Hang with me. I, I just want God... to to use me in big ways to change the world. That's the hope. That's the hope by life even right now. But can I tell you this? And this is the same thing I tell everybody when I hear this phrase. Do you realize God will never use you in big ways until you're faithful and obedient in small ways? God will never use you in big ways until you're faithful and obedient to do what he says in the small ways. Unless you start to live it in your everyday life, if you want to change the world, I mean, God can do anything, don't get me wrong, but the odds are great that you will never be used by Him to change much. We've got to be faithful in the smallest thing. So what does that look like? If you don't give, share money, see a need, and be willing to give now, when you have money, if you win the lotto or whatever you do, you get this big job, you're not going to give then. Well, I'll have more money, so I'll just give it away. It just doesn't work that way. If you're not generous now... When you can be, you're not going to be. You've got to be faithful even now. You're like, well, I'm, I'm a, a student. Can I, I tell you, there's so many ways that you can even give nowadays. There's kids around the world that, that need help with food to be fed that you can, you can give 30 bucks a month, and you go, some of you, you make more than that, a lot more than that. And that's, that's a shirt that you could give up a, a month and, and love someone who, who needs love. I mean, there's, there's things, but you've got to be faithful now. And this is the key. It's not on what Dan tell, tells you to do. It's what God tells you to do. Don't be faithful in what I say. When God speaks to your heart, that's when you're, you're supposed to move. Um, what uh, else I thought, if you don't look out for those that are less fortunate or those who are neglected now, who may be in your schools or places that you know, it could be in the youth group, If you don't look out for them now, you're not going to defend and make an impact for those that are oppressed later. You're just not going to do it. Um, If you don't even let people know your faith is in God through Jesus Christ now, how are we ever going to be a light to a world that needs to see the light? Faithful in the small things. If we don't honor our parents now, and, 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 and listen, I know this is a tough issue, but if if you speak to them and you speak to them in a way that doesn't give them honor and it's, it speaks down to them or rips in them, your parents are not perfect. I get it. We, we have five kids. Our house is a wreck most of the time. I'm resp- res- responsible for at least half the wreck. I know I am. We're not perfect. But God has still put us in charge of you. To love you, and if you don't understand and respect the authority of your parents, you're never going to respect the authority of your boss. Above that, you're never going to respect the authority of God, and when you don't respect His authority, you're never going to be used by Him. Oh, do y'all understand how important obedience is? Yes, I'm pounding it in, but it's, it's that important. Step one: you've got to encounter the resurrected Jesus Christ, not the baby. Baby Jesus in the cradle, not the one that just gives, but the one that gave and he rose again. That's who you've got to encounter. Step two, you've got to be obedient, even in the small things. Even in the small things, be obedient. Step step three, for for you to go from cold to bold, God moves. When you experience Jesus Christ, when we're obedient with as much as, as a of our life, God moves, and he, most times he, He'll do it in a way we don't plan or expect. It won't be your plan. Oh, I'm going to do all this, and God's going to do this for my life, and I'm going to do this. Usually, <laughs> contrary to my prayer, that just doesn't happen. We, we hope for it. Most adults in the stream go, man, I did this dream, but God took me here, but I'm, I'm really glad that I'm here. You know, I thought I would be here, and this is my, and it was a rough road, and it was gross at a lot of times, but man, God is good. God moves in His way, okay? That's step three, very important. Now, what does all that have to do with Acts chapter 2, verse 1? Read that together. We don't have a whole lot left. Don't worry, I'm not like starting a whole message over. We're going to zip through this part. Now look, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. They were where they were supposed to be. They were being obedient. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as a fire appeared to them, and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the ho- ho- Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other tongues of the Spirit gave them utterance. I wasn't speaking in tongues there, don't freak out. <laughs> now, speaking in tongues, let me just, just, just let, let you know this. In this spot right here, now there's churches and, and stuff believe that there's a God link, a language that I can speak and And it, you can 't understand it no one can, but it 's just between me and God, and the scripture here has is nothing to do this is nothing. if we see more they 're speaking in and and you might be um, Zimbabwean, and you understand what i 'm saying, even though i can 't speak zimbabwean you don 't really look zimbabwean, but i 'm um, pretending so um so they, they, so they 're understanding what 's being said, even though the Apostles don't have the skill to speak the language. Now, let's keep on going here because it gets a little bit funny. Um, and the spirit that can, comes to them here was was prom, 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 pr- promised in Acts 1. And just don't miss this. In this little line, God's pr- promises are always true. Can I tell you this? God's promises are always true. It may not work out the way we expect it to, but His promises are always true. Verse 5, now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under God. And at the sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, are are not all these who are speaking Galileans? Now, it it was almost derogatory for them to say that. These guys are Galileans. It's like for you to say, aren't those like Hilliardians. Okay, you know what I'm saying? You're almost talking like like small-town folk. I mean, can we, really? This is so, if you're from Hilliard, don't be offended. U- not really much. They think they're better, but they're... Okay. Um, <clears throat> so, they, they hear him speaking this, and then in, in verse 8, and how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Now, look at this first map right here on, on the screen. Okay? So, and as I, I read this, Look at that map and look at the next map because it's got more specific name, names on it. Can y'all read that that map there in the middle? This is sort of where all these folks had, they, they, they were from, Iran, Iraq, Tur- 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 Turkey, this is Greece, this is Italy and Rome, Egypt here, Lib- 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 Libya's here. Um, this is where they were all from. And if you read through the list, part Parthians and Medes and Elamites and re- residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus in Asia, Phrygia and Pomphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belong to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and uh, Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty work of God. The disciples are, are speaking in in Ga- Galilean, which is Aramaic, was it Aramaic? I don't know. They were speaking their language, and they all heard their own. God God moves in ways they would never go. All right, when the Spirit comes, we're going to be able to do this cool trick. They're probably like going, "Whoa!" I mean, I'd be like, "Then look at this!" You know, they understand. It would be crazy. High five, right? Yeah, you do the bump. It would be cool. Now, God shows up in his way. Verse 12, don't miss this part. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others mocking said they're filled with new wine. These guys are drunk. That must be it. The reaction of the crowd there is a lot like the Reaction of the world when God moves. Some, when God moves, are going to be amazed. Some are. It might just be a few. It's disheart- disheartening sometimes when you see God move and ah, just some will be perplexed where they're a little skeptical and confused, but not, they can't really nail down what's going on. And some are going to be mocking and antagonistic. So understand, when you have a bold faith, they're not going to embrace you. Some, though, some will be amazed, and they will respond. That's encouraging to me. One, that they dealt with the same stuff that we deal with nowadays. We thought they had it easy. And truth is, when we look at their lives and they gave their life, they all gave their life for their faith. They must have believed in this a lot for the disciples, all except for John, to be killed for their faith. There must have been something to it, to them, or they they wouldn't have gone that far. Cold faith. To bold, you've got to know Jesus Christ. Not just know him, but you've got to be obedient in the small things. And when you, these two things, God God moves. Look around for God to move. Join in where he moves and, and see what he does. Because I firmly believe this, he wants to use you in mighty ways. Mighty ways that will blow your mind—you will never even dream of—if you'll just, just, just run that way, live that way. Next week we're going to look at what can a bold faith do. Okay, we've talked about going from cold to bold. Now let's really see what a bold faith can do. That's going to be in Acts chapter two, verse fourteen through forty-one. So if you want to read ahead, I encourage you to to read ahead because um, it's it's just really good. Let's pray together, guys. Dear God, I thank you so much just for this group. God, just a chance just to talk about um, faith. And so many times that we hide uh, and we we don't stand tall when you call us to stand tall. We don't reach out and love when you call us to reach out and love. We don't um, we don't we're not obe- obedient to you, Lord. May, may, may we have Courage that whenever we're even scared, Lord, that we know who you are, we know who we are in you. And that's more important than anything else. And Lord, help us to follow you wherever you lead. Uh, I thank you so much for the gift of your son. Uh, In Jesus' name I pray.